1: Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.
2: All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America and enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Over the last 12 months, food prices have increased at a rate higher than they have in the last 23 years. This according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Given these shocking figures and other influential factors, with food insecurity and inflation at an all-time high, families across the country are facing increasing stress heading into the holidays. Influenced most by the lingering repercussions of the COVID-19 pandemic, the ongoing effects of avian influenza, as well as the economy, this Thanksgiving, already constrained families are finding it much more difficult to meet their daily dietary needs, let alone to enjoy some holiday cheer. Graciously and generously expanding their annual support, New Birth Missionary Baptist Church, Witherite Law Group, and their partners are able to give even more families something to truly be thankful for. Here with us to share more about the King's Table Annual Holiday Turkey Giveaway, as well as share some esteemed perspective on additional topics of popular interest, we have Atlanta pastor, author, and social justice advocate, Dr. Jamal Bryant. I am Maggie B. Nowen, and this is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast with your host, Ramses Jaw.
3: So welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing today?
4: Man, thank you for letting me on the fantastic voyage. I'm glad to be a part. Uh,
3: I love it. I love it. So a person as remarkable as yourself. You know, many folks know, you know, what you've been up to and what you're currently up to. But not everybody knows how you got started. And so we like to start our stories at the beginning. So tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself, your upbringing and sort of what led you to you know, the ministry and, of course, your, your social justice uh, work as well.
4: Absolutely. I am a uh, Baltimore native. I am a uh, Morehouse College uh, graduate mm-hmm. uh, for six years. I was the National Youth and College Director of the NAACP. Uh, My call to being a pastor is a very bizarre one. Uh, I did not hear the voice of God through Charlton Heston. Uh, I heard Mm -hmm. it through uh, Dick Gregory. Uh, I spoke at the uh, NAACP convention Um, in 1999. I came off of the stage. I was met at the bottom of the stage by Dick Gregory, who grabbed me by my collar, threw me up against a wall and said, young brother, you are out of place. I didn't know what had happened I thought I said something out of turn He said uh, when I was growing up Black people when they were in trouble Would call on two names Jesus and the NAACP
0: Mm.
4: He said you're a part of a generation That doesn't call on either And you belong in a church
0: Mm.
4: I left out of there Six months later I started a church Listening to Dick Gregory He came my very first Sunday
1: Mm.
4: I started uh, church In a nightclub with 43 people, and uh, we uh, exploded to about 10,000. Three years ago, uh, after the death of Bishop Eddie Long, uh, I was called on to relocate and become the pastor of New Birth Missionary Baptist Church in Stonecrest, Georgia, and it's been the ride of my life.
3: Mm. Okay, well, that's a very impressive origin story i don't i can't imagine too many people have something as profound as that <laughs> any time in their life much less one that would uh, put you on this trajectory and and leading you to, yeah. to the ministry that's that's a beautiful thing I, I come from that lineage i have a father and a grandfather uh both oh, wow. tradition myself so so uh I love it obviously um very impressive to me um and speaking of which uh let's let's make sure we don't keep folks waiting we're, we're, we we want to talk about the uh the turkey giveaway that's uh, this is taking place um at new birth missionary baptist church in georgia and this is free uh yes. and basically you're providing uh tickets for the meal boxes um and that's going to be for a first come first serve basis the uh The New Birth Missionary Church Food Pantry uh, King's Table has been able to take the lead on these initiatives. So share more with us about how this food drive came about and uh, folks that want to participate, um, what they can expect this year.
4: Uh, Over the pandemic, we uh, saw a grave need in our community dealing with food insecurity. Mm -hmm. And so I embarrassingly uh, have to share an amazing testimony that over the pandemic, we fed 1 million families with groceries. Mm. Um, we realized even after the pandemic, food insecurity still exists.
3: So th- I think that this probably speaks to the the spirit and the tradition of New Birth Missionary Church. So tell us more about the church, the overall goals, not just the, 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 this event, but uh, the visions that you're bringing into fruition um, and basically the space that you feel in the community. Uh, with that church for folks who are unfamiliar?
4: Yeah, I think it is, uh, our mission is to embrace, to Mm. empower, and to equip. Uh, It is critical that the church is repackaged. This is the largest generation in the history of Black people living in America who don't believe in church Mm. and uh, really have a disdain for organized faith. And so the church has got to come beyond the stained glass windows and hit the street corner and that's what we're endeavoring to do is to model Christ through his compassion, that there's more to worship, but there's got to be something about service. Michael X said, I would be a Christian if it wasn't for Christians. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we are uh, really endeavoring uh, to show Christians without tambourines uh, <laughs> to show us that uh, we really have our heart for them.
3: I love that. Um, and, you know, that brings me to the thought um, there's there's you're right there's a a disconnect between um our young people and uh our religious tradition our our tradition of, of being in the church on sundays um and we don't often bump up against that until you know there's a funeral and what comes to mind is the uh recent tragedy involving takeoff from the migos who lost his life in in houston And I recall you uh, delivering a call to action after that happened uh, that was focused toward the young black men in your congregation under 20. And it also included a message for the older black men in the community as well. So let's talk to our listeners about this a little bit more, um, just so that folks get some insight into your reflections.
4: Yeah, I uh, find it striking that the mosque is 80 percent men and the church is 80 percent women. Speaks to the fact that it is not that men are not spiritual, uh, but they want sound teaching and they want discipline where the black church more often than not just delivers emotion. Uh, and so I think that it is incumbent upon the church uh, to give us strategies and a blueprint for men on how do I live a better life? Uh, how do I lead? Not just how do I feel? Uh, and I think that the church has become absent of that. And when we drive, push it uh, towards it, the overwhelming uh, majority uh, of uh, black people are really lost on uh, the failure of the black church. And I often say this, that our, one of our greatest misses is what we did to Malcolm X.
3: Hmm.
4: Malcolm X was the son of a preacher like you and I, mm-hmm. grandson of a preacher like you and I mm-hmm. made some bad decisions and went to jail when he was in jail. None of the deacons came to see him. None of the church members came to see him. But the nation of Islam saw his potential and invested in him. And I think that uh, we have done a terrible job of really investing in our men. Uh, And I think once we go back to that, uh, then it's going to really reverberate in our community that the church is safe.
3: So there's also another part of this too you know you are famously uh very vocal uh, about some of the politics in this country Um, and you should be uh, rightfully so because a lot of people really require and appreciate that insight that you provide um, and of course the spiritual lens as well um but there are some real practical things that we're dealing with in our community um you know for instance you know we just mentioned um another instance of gun violence, claiming another uh, bright black man's life, a young black man at that. So if, if I may, I wanna pick your brain a bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's driving these increases in gun violence and sort of the, the mentality in our communities? Um, and where do you think the church can speak to those issues.
4: Yeah, uh, Dr. King said uh, many years ago that crime is the bride of poverty. That mm-hmm. wherever you see poverty, crime is close by. And so I think that uh, the Black church has a responsibility to do economic development. Uh, woe unto us if we ask for the tithe, mm-hmm. ask for the 10%, but don't show them how to multiply the 90 Uh, So what are we doing about uh, affordable housing? Uh, What are we doing about the fact that uh, they're trying to uh, shut down Joe Biden's cancellation of student loan debt when that is a leading form of debt in our community, even of mortgages? Uh, And so I think that there's got to be an economic agenda. When Dr. King was assassinated, it is because he was transitioning into silver rights. Right. Uh, He lamented to uh, Harry Belafonte in private. Uh, that I am afraid I've integrated the Negro into a burning house. What's the point of us being able to sit at a lunch counter if I can't afford a cheeseburger? Right. Uh, and so I think that we've got a responsibility to really teach economics. What are these rappers talking about? Getting the money, right. making sure that their families are straight, that their mamas don't have to work, uh, that there was something in us innately as men that know we're supposed to be a provider. And so when we're not able to do that, uh, then we see offshoots of violence that begin to uh, show its head.
2: We are here today with Atlanta pastor, author, and social justice advocate, Dr. Jamal Bryant, learning more about his upcoming King's Table annual holiday turkey giveaway, discussing strategies for community building and support, as well as garnering his thoughts on a few additional topics of popular interest.
3: Okay, so let's pivot just a bit. Um, Obviously, the midterm elections uh, just passed, and you were recognized in national media for the uh, fiery sermon you delivered calling for action from Georgians, stating, uh, this is your quote, in 2022, we don't need a walker, we need a runner, as well as making some comparisons between the two candidates, as one being representative of the lowest caricature of stereotypical broken black man, and the other as somebody who was educated and focused. Tell us more about the sermon you gave, and seeing as how Georgia will be heading to a runoff election, um, what should we all be paying attention to
4: and bear in mind? About? Yeah, historically, the Black Church has uh, been the epicenter of inspiration and information. Thanks uh, about uh, how do we move forward? Uh, the Bible says we die for knowledge. Uh, everybody could to see. How uh, was the contrast? Uh, between the two candidates, but nobody spoke it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was trying to illumine uh, to our congregation what was the difference in the words of uh, Jeremiah Wright, everybody who's our color is not our kind. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there had to be a clear demarcation uh, between uh, Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. And I wanted to glaringly put a neon sign above it because the polls were so close and to me, uh, it had absolutely no business being within that margin headed towards uh, the election in not too many days. There's a lot on the line. There's a lot at stake. Uh, and so our people have got to go out and vote. It's amazing. Almost every cycle you keep hearing the catchphrase, vote like your life depends on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does. Uh, but uh, We're not doing enough on voter education a lot historically in the black community. We voted on personalities and not on policies. Uh, And so going to uh, this runoff, our community has got to be educated on the policies that are at stake. doesn't matter whether you think Raphael Warnock is charismatic or whether you think (laughs) that he's an electric speaker or fiery or kiss the baby or hug granny. Is he going to be able to advance the policies uh, that will safeguard our community? And I believe that he can.
3: You know something else that's funny about the uh, Herschel Walker situation versus Warner is that, you know, I heard it said that um, Herschel Walker is everything that Republicans hate about, you know, black men in America, like according to the, their stereotypes that they still yeah. to to be true. And it's funny because you alluded to it a bit earlier in our, in our conversation today that um, these rappers are entrepreneurial in spirit, overwhelmingly so. And these sort of um, ideas have a tendency to be espoused in more conservative circles. They like folks that get out there, make their own money, make their own way in the world. Don't lean on anyone else for that. You know what I mean? And the intersection of all of these things being... I guess the Republican ideology feels a bit it feels like it misses the mark or it feels like we're all being lied to um, in terms of what, you know, conservatives really stand for in this country nowadays. And I just think it's interesting hearing your thoughts on on the, on what's happening so far all the way around, because I, I, I would imagine and, and maybe you can add to this, I would imagine that uh, now is a time for real conservative leadership to really take center stage. And what we're finding is that uh, Republican leadership is devolving before our very eyes. Uh, You know, I'm a famously liberal, uh, bleeding heart liberal, in fact. Um, But, you know, I I did appreciate a lot of what Republicans stood for. I just don't see it too much in politics nowadays. Do you feel the same way?
4: I think both parties are in puberty. Uh, Their voices are changing uh, and acne is breaking out. Uh, We saw it in this midterm election. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was no wave. uh, There wasn't even a ripple Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of those who were pushed forward like Herschel Walker uh, represented uh, the delusional, debasing personalities that were reflective of uh, the Trump uh, era Mm -hmm. Uh, in America showed that they weren't on board that train. Uh, The Democrats are really having to recalibrate Uh, Can we put all of our strength uh, behind the oldest elected president? And is there four more years left in them? Uh, Are black people being taken for granted? Uh, Younger blacks want to know where on the priority list is the conversation of reparations. Uh, If we can just write blind checks to the Ukraine uh, or to uh, the nation state of Israel. Uh, But you can't do anything for black people, not even cancel their student loan debts Uh, Some real things have got to happen. An addendum to that is, embarrassingly, this is the oldest leadership that black people have ever had. Mm -hmm. Jesse Jackson is 80 years old. Minister Louis Farrakhan is 81 years old. Uh, Maxine Waters is 81 years old. Uh, Al Shopton is 64. I'm 50, and they're calling me a young leader. Uh, so I think that we've got to do a whole nother level of galvanizing our base and sure. advancing forward. There's never been a revolution that was absent of young people. Uh, and so that's why I'm excited about a young man who was elected in Orlando yeah. uh, to go into Congress. Uh, he uh, represents a changing of the guard that America has got to pay attention to.
3: Sure, sure. And there's something else that you, you, you touched on and, and I appreciate it. And I think that our listeners appreciate it. In fact, I was talking with uh, Charlemagne on, on our show um, not too long ago about the very same thing. And that's that uh, our democratic leadership really does owe something to black people for continuing to support them. It's like um, their position is we won't take you back you know, and so vote for us. And, you know, the the Republican leadership is like, well, um, you know, they don't do anything for you. And so yeah. for us, it's it's oftentimes that it's literally that worse of two evils or, you know, we're just voting to keep the, keep the bottom from falling out. And I don't know that that's strictly speaking fair. And I'm really excited that a lot of Black people, particularly young Black people, voted in these midterm elections. Um, but I don't know that, this do-nothing approach that we see um, from the Democrats, this kind of soft, soft-handed approach uh, is sustainable in terms of keeping voters engaged.
4: In the yeah, flow. I think uh, black people in terms of democracy have to have a bipolar existence
0: mm-hmm.
4: uh, because most black people, uh, at least uh, baby boomers to uh, Gen Xers may in large measure share Republican values, Mm -hmm. uh, but share Democrats' policies. Uh, And so trying to find a Cirque du Soleil balancing act uh, becomes uh, a tightrope to a handle, uh, and it comes down to what's best at the end of the line. Yeah, that
3: makes perfect sense. Um, So I know know your time is limited today. Before we go, I want to make sure we get a chance to touch on your books. So... um, you have authored World War Me and World War mm-hmm. Me volume two. So tell us what those books are about, who you wrote them for, and why it was important to share those messages.
4: Yeah. World War Me is uh, the battle within myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came through a divorce uh, a little over 10 years ago uh, based out of infidelity. Uh, and talked about uh, how sometimes our greatest level of warfare uh, is a terrorist known as self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is not what other people do to us. It's not uh, about the system. It's not even spiritual warfare, uh, comes down to bad decisions and poor choices. Uh, and how do we uh, move out of our own way uh, Mm -hmm. for us to get to our optimum uh, desired success?
3: Sure. Sure. And, uh, with, with volume two, is there anything you hope uh, readers will take away from that?
4: Yeah. Uh, volume two is really talking about, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, has uh, at its core something that the church uh, has missed out of and society has. And here's how Alcoholics Anonymous uh, brands itself. It "It doesn't matter whether you're five weeks or 15 years, you are still recovering. In, In black church, you go to the altar once then they expect you never to smoke again, <laughs> never drink mm-hmm. again, <laughs> never look at pornography. There is
3: sure.
4: no celebration of incremental progress. So uh, never once in all the years I've been in church, if I went from a pack a day in cigarettes, has anybody stood up and said, church, thank God with me that I'm only now smoking two cigarettes.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, it's all or nothing. Uh, and I think that there's got to be room for the journey in the process.
3: I love that. Um, Well, before we let you go, uh, let's make sure to plug the books one more time um, and let's plug the King's Table uh, Turkey giveaway as well. And make sure you hit your social media so folks can tap in with you and get some of this game.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I'm grateful and appreciative just to uh, share your time today. If you want more information about who I am or what I'm doing, follow me on all social media platforms at Jamal H. Bryant. If there's not a blue check, then it is not me. If you want to have information about our King's Table and feeding the community, go to newperf.org so that you can uh, partake or you can invest. Uh, We need you desperately. If you want any of our publications, uh, go to Amazon uh, and uh, you'll be able to get uh, all of our titles.
3: Okay. well, we appreciate your time. Once again, today's guest is Atlanta pastor, author and social justice advocate. Dr. Jamal Bryant. Thank you very much, sir.
4: I appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir.
2: Today, we'll leave you with this. Reluctant at first to begin the good work that has now turned into a great movement, New Birth Missionary Baptist Church's head pastor, Dr. Jamal Bryant, is the epitome of someone living out his life's highest ordination of outcomes. Demonstrative in the abundant minded, collaborative, and community focused strategies he is successfully implementing with consistency. Dr. Bryant is clearly moving in flow and in alignment, with passion, in purpose, and on purpose. As Dr. Maya Angelo said, when you get, give. And when you learn, teach. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Find your daily podcast host at Ramses Jaw on all social media. Did you have some thoughts you'd like to share? use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. We'd love to hear from you. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. We look forward to your joining us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast.
0: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.